It's good to see all of you here. Visitors, we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. This is Scout Sunday, where we have our scouts present, and they're going to be a part of the uh, uh, worship today. And, and if you are with the scouts, uh, scouts yourselves, and also uh, parents and other relatives, would you please stand? And let's welcome our scouts. We also have an opportunity to uh, celebrate the sacrament of baptism, and Michelle is going to bring her parents up in a few minutes, and pardon, Sarah, I'm sorry, Sarah Michelle, Sarah Michelle, that's right. Well, what would you have done about a baptizer in the wrong name? <laughs> um, yeah, Sarah Michelle will be bringing up her parents to, to help with that. We uh, uh, have some, some work as a family of faith to do. Um, yesterday I was up in, in at Mayo's at Rochester, Minnesota to be with a family. Uh, you may not even know, uh, Rick Burns comes to this service a lot, and uh, Rick and Vicki have a daughter by the name of Kelly, who's a member of our church, but um, hasn't been healthy enough to come. And uh, she is up in uh, Mayo's and will we'll be there now until uh, there's an opportunity for her to have a heart transplant. And it's at a very critical point um, where they, they almost lost her. So uh, they need our prayers. And uh, I, I want to do more than that. I want to do something concrete and tangible, what would happen if someone who needs a, a part, if we would send a valentine to, to her, if each one of us would send a valentine. And so what I'd like you to do is, uh, is uh, take one of these, and you know, I don't care if you're a member of the church or not, you're, you're welcome to do this as well, send, send her a valentine. Let's just flood Mayo's Clinic with, with uh with Valentine's for Kelly, and just uh, let her know that you're you're praying for her. Um, imagine what they're going through right now, and uh, let them know that that they have they have a family here, and that we are we're, we're supporting them and we're praying for them. Um, so yeah, if you please do that, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and you know, don't treat it like well, that's something I, I really ought to do. Say, I will do that. I'll send it tomorrow. I'm gonna, it's going to be one of the first things I do in the morning is, is get that in the mail. Um, I just think it would be so cool if we had about 400, 500 of those uh, Valentine's hit mail. You know, just flood, flood the uh, post office there at Mayo Clinic. Um, we have some other things coming up. This is, this is a... Uh, a month of training for Christ Church, and you see some events coming up. One is Saturday. It's the district lay leadership training, and I'd encourage you to come to that. And then on the 23rd, there will be the Reach One Goal workshop, and uh, I want you to come back for that as well. Uh, leaders, you'll be hearing about a strategic uh, uh, leadership session before that, and, and you'll get information about that. Those of you who are one of the chairpersons of a committee. Uh, also, other things that are listed there, as you can you can see, um, 
and then on the back there are other other things that are um, coming up as well. Now, uh, what we're going to do is Sarah Michelle uh, may decide she wants to do other things later on. So we're going to go ahead and have the baptism now. And so I would call Sarah Michelle and her her uh, family forward. Brothers and sisters, the family of faith, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church, and we are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. And right now, Sarah Michelle is being presented for baptism. And with that, I have questions for her two parents. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? And will you nurture Sarah in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. Family and friends, will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and include Sarah before you now in your care? If you will, say we will. Lord God, pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and the one who is to receive it to wash away sin and clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, that dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in Christ's final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through Jesus Christ, with whom you and the Holy Spirit live and reign forever. Sarah Michelle, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to look out and see all those people. Do you see them all? You're not too happy about this, are you? Well, they're, they're part of your new family, which is worldwide. And you know what? I think, I think we can talk when you're in, in, in the arms of your, of your parents. Sorry that I upset you, because uh, this is your day. You're the you're you're the princess. So. And what we're going to do is we're going to remind you of Jesus's love for you by singing to you. And while we do that, I would like mom and dad to walk you down the aisle so everybody can get a closer look at you, because they're making a commitment to you as well. Is that all right? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Let's go. Sarah, I hope the Holy Spirit worked within you that being born through the water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Jesus Christ. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you into the family of faith. And as symbols of that, we have a, a her baby blanket for, for her. And also, Sarah, I want you to know, this is your baptism candle. And mom and dad can light that today. And then every anniversary, they can pull that candle out and light it again and tell you about your baptism and so that you can know that the story of, of you being here today 
celebrated each each year here at Church for Christ. So let's welcome Little Sarah into the family of faith. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's all stand and praise his name.
worthy. He's worthy. Heavenly Father, we come to your house this morning and we celebrate a baptism, Lord, of a child. We thank you that we are your children, that your grace is enough to carry us through our lives. Thank you, Lord, for always being near. Thank you for the next breath that we take. Thank you for each step that we're able to make to spread your kingdom in this world. You give us life, Lord. You give us love. We are such a grateful people, Lord. We thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray.
stand before you, asking for your infilling. If you'd come into our lives right now, we wait for you. There's nothing worth more, Lord, than being found. Thank you for this time, for your move. tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit
God's people say. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If the kiddos could come on up. First, I want to say praise God for beautiful little Sarah. Isn't she beautiful? This gown, and she's got her own little corsage. So welcome, the Campbell family. Look at all these Boy Scouts. Wow. Leaders, could you stand up? I just want to say thank you so much for pouring your energy. Please stand up. I see you in the back, Boy Scout leaders. Thank you so much for pouring out your leadership and abilities and just time and patience with so many of these boys. It's an honor to have you and them here. So how's it doing, Michael? Good. We have some new friends. Yvette is here from tutoring. I am just so surprised to see you. I'm excited for that. Well, we have some fun planned today downstairs in the education wing. But we, uh, one of the things we like to do is to memorize scripture. So I need four people, Parker, uh, Carly, okay, <laughs> and Macy, and one more. Okay, come on up. Oh, just one. That's okay. You can help. Oh, one more. God. Hold it up high, is love. First John 4, 8. Now that is pretty simple. All of you should know that. God is love. And one of the things we're talking about is how much God loves us. And so we're going to talk about some more scripture. We're also going to talk about, oops, downstairs. Is that the prayer request? Wonderful. We're going to talk about how we're going to keep our body healthy and especially our heart. Now, I don't know if you...
defining us and our hearts. Don't trump. Don't trump. In all seriousness, if you want to join us downstairs, you are welcome to do that. We have lots of activities. And most of all, know that God loves us so much. So let's take a moment here and have a word of prayer, okay, kids? Can you put your hands together? Heavenly Father, we just praise you for the Boy Scouts. We praise you for little Sarah. We praise you for all the kiddos here. Most of all, just being in our lives, keeping us healthy. Lord, we can have fun with you, and we give you all the glory. Go about our week and bless each one of us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. this time we have an opportunity to give back to God some of what he has given to us. So let's pray for our, our tithes and offerings. Lord God, I thank you for all that you've given to us, how you've been so faithful. We now give back to you our tithes and offerings and ask that you use them to further your kingdom work in this uh, Quad City area and around the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Crowded in worship today as she slips in, trying to fade into the faces. The girl's teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know, Lord. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. There is a way. his coat and quietly sinks into the back row the weight of their judgmental glances tells him that his chances are better out on the road but if we are the body why aren't his arms reaching why aren't his hands healing why aren't his words teaching and if we are the body why aren't his feet going why is his love not showing them there is a way Jesus paid much too high a price for us to pick and choose who should come and we are the body of Christ 
But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? One of the things we do here at Christ Church is we have a time of prayer and uh, basically known as the, the prayers of the people. And we believe that, that God is willing to partner with us to pray for those that he wants us to pray for. And so people will come to mind in our prayer time and uh, we see that as an opportunity to lift up their names so that others can be praying at the same time. We don't need to know uh, any more than just some names. So if at, at the time in our, in our prayer that you have a name that you'd like to lift up, feel free to do that. Uh, but let's, uh, let's just take a few minutes and go to God in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for being here, for being present, and for being up at uh, Mayo's Clinic with Kelly, for being with the baptism of Sarah, thank you for being with each one of our lives as we walk the path of this past week. And we have our, our own needs, Lord, which we lift up to you. And Lord, we also know that you have called us to pray for other people, and I ask that you, you hear those names now as we lift up those prayers. heard all these prayers both spoken and those that have been uh, treasured in our hearts as well. We ask that you answer these prayers in the way that they come. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
we are taking a break from our Life and Times of, of Jesus series to spend the rest of February in a, in, in a series about our goal, the church's goal for, for 2020. The, the goal, as many of you know, is two words, reach one, one, reach one. And as we uh, uh, go through that goal, there are uh, things that are going to happen during this month that will help train. One is this coming Saturday, there will be a training event, and those who are members of the church are welcome to, to be a part of that, would like you to come. And then also on the 23rd, there will be another workshop that will uh, be a what Reach 1000 workshop uh, that will uh, segue into some of what we're trying to accomplish. Well, what are we trying to accomplish this year? Well, there, if you look inside your, your bulletin, you'll see a, a slip of paper here or a cardboard uh, bookmark that tells of our one goal. And there are different steps of that one goal. First is, the, you see it goes 1, 10, 100, 1,000, all the way up to a million. We're going to just, just hit those, uh, just I want to highlight those first three. First of all, um, Christ Church is a multi-site. We have uh, a worship service going on right now over in, at the Silvis campus. But we also have a third building that is in Carbon Cliff. And right now it's known as the Carbon Cliff Community Center. And it is active. We have uh, invested money in that through uh, the conference to help uh, renovate that building. And it is being used right now. The, our prayer and, and goal is that it will be, once again, a church that has a weekly worship service. So later this year, we are seeking to actually start a new worship service over there or possibly even a new church. Uh, that has quite a quite a legacy and and, and uh, heritage over there that we don't want, we don't want to see stop. So we've been holding worship services for the last two and a half years since we've had that building, and we want to have weekly worship services there. And then if you look another uh, another part of the reach one goal is to is to start ten new mission outposts throughout the Quad City area. What that means is not everybody's going to come into this church, but what happens if we go out and and start different ministries of groups where people will meet. Imagine having a, a group meeting in a coffee shop. Um, I actually, I've already started one at Park Vista, which is a retirement home. And it's the first time I've had a, had a meeting, a Bible study, in, in what's known as the pub. That's where we meet, the pub. And uh, it's called uh, the Park Vista Fellowship Bible Study and some pretty good coffee. What it's called, and we have about uh, 20 people that go to that. There is uh, some who uh, say to me, "You know, I can't get out and go to church somewhere, so this is the only church that that I church service I get each week." So we we have a good time, and and uh, uh, we're reaching more people that way. But we need more of that, so we're going to be looking at starting 10 new out, out outposts around the Quad City area, and, and some of you may be called to lead that. It may be a special interest of yours that you want to, to develop and, and uh, um, obviously help people move one step closer to Jesus Christ. And then the 100, I hope it's far more than that, but we're, we're seeking at least 100 members to take the one-on-one -on -one challenge, which is to reach one person for Jesus Christ for the year. And next week you'll have an opportunity to, uh, to actually start signing up for that. 
there will be training. Uh, a lot of uh, February 23rd would help will help with this, but there will be other training as well. Uh, our uh, evangelism chair, Marty Ellison, is going to be helping with that training, and uh, we will uh, uh, be be starting next week in terms of people making commitments to that. But this week, I just want you to pray about that. I want you to pray about, uh, and, and, and as you're doing that, I want you to think about what you hear in this message today. And we're going uh, we're gonna to go, go kind of quick through this, but it's really important. Our text that we're looking at today is one that's very, very special to me. It's 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And this is what it says. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of this holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word, and may this witness to your word be a faithful one. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now those were words said by an older Paul, great leader in the church, to a younger man that was sort of uh, a future leader of the church. He was beginning in leadership. He was learning from Paul, and that's what he said. He said, the things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. And we're going to talk about why that's important. But before, before that, I want, to get, I want to get real honest with you. Can I do that? Do I want to do that? This world is messed up. We have a broken world. And my guess is it's pretty much always been that way. But right now it just seems even more so. We live in a country that's deeply divided on many issues. When I read the news, <laughs> you read the news. Anybody read the news here? Listen to the news. How does that make you feel? When I read it, it leaves me feeling harassed and helpless. Those are two good words. After listening to the news, it just I, I feel harassed and, and, and helpless. And and how can we how can we make sense of it all? Well, I want you to know that I I don't know how to make sense of it all unless you put Jesus in the equation. And I want to talk about that because if we don't, then is there anything, anything that we can cling to in this world, in this whirlwind we call life? So what I'd like to say is God has a plan. And, and what that plan is, is all about his son, Jesus about Jesus. Now, many of you know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that, that's sort of like the gospel in a nutshell right there. And then it goes on. It says, for God did, did not uh, send Jesus to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Now, how, you know, how does that happen? Well, it's, it's important for, for us to know that God sent his son into the world to die, to become a sacrifice for our sins, for the things that we have done wrong. Jesus Christ came for you because 
you know, so we need, we need help. It's nothing new. Actually, about 700 years before Jesus, there was a prophet by the name of Isaiah who in, in chapter 53, verses 4 through 6, put it this way. And this is just a prophecy. He said, Surely he took our, up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet he considered, we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. 700 years before the crucifixion, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And then it goes on. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each to his <coughs> has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray. Now, <coughs> if, Jesus, if Jesus is God's plan, how is the world going to know about God's plan through his followers? The answer is through his followers. In Matthew 9, verses 35 uh, through 38, Jesus, (coughs) he's into his ministry, and he says this. He says, uh, or the text says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming good news uh, of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. There it is. They were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Remember Isaiah saying, all we like sheep have gone astray, each to his own way, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the, but the workers are few. The harvest is there. It's ready. It's ripe. But there's only a few workers. Then, and then he, he, he goes on and, and says, ask, ask the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So he's telling his disciples, pray about this. Pray that there will rise up people who can be a part of the harvest. And then after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, he leaves them with one more thing before he is taken into heaven, before his ascension. It's called the Great Commission. It goes like this. It's in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There it is. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to Go and make disciples and understand that Jesus will always be with us to empower us to do that. Basically, what what Jesus is saying is there's somebody out there that needs me. There's somebody out there that needs me. Do you know who that somebody is? Hopefully, God is placing on your heart who that would be. So how are we to accomplish this task, this great commission that's been set before us and also been prayed, prayed for and, and prayed into to being that there would be uh, laborers of the harvest. And now we're called to do this great commission. Well, this is where 2 Timothy 2.2 comes in. We are to entrust, not just trust, but entrust 
<clears throat> what he says is that, that, and the things that you have heard me say, strong Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. You see, there is a generational thing that happens. Paul to Timothy, Timothy to others, and then those others to other people. And it, it goes on and on. Now, obviously, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it gives, it gives the Great Commission legs. It gives us a planned approach on how to do and carry out the mission that God is calling us to do. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting. It, this, I don't, you may know this, you may not know this, that uh, when I was a young pastor, I did my doctoral work for my doctor of ministry on this one verse. I wrote a thick, thick book on this one verse. And I did that because I saw it as a key for spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to others. It is the way to proceed with this great commission that Jesus gives us. And we are to take what we've learned. We're to take what we've learned and entrust it to others. And then encourage them to do the same thing. Now, it's realizing that somebody out there needs me to share my faith with them. And perhaps it's someone who needs love. Perhaps it's somebody who needs forgiveness. Or perhaps it's somebody who simply just needs hope in their life. I did the calculation this morning. Kind of shocked. I counted how many minutes, how many, how many years I've been in ministry. Forty-four. I'm not old, okay? I started when I was Sarah Michelle's age. Received my first church appointment when I was her age. 44 years old. And it, it got me thinking. How's it gone? How did it go? What's been accomplished? What did I entrust to others and did they pass it on? I guess the verdict's still out on that. Let's, let's just look at the last 10 years. Some of you who've been around that long have had to put up with me for 10 years. Listening to sermon after sermon. How did it go? Maybe the verdict still out on that. But if you've been here for those 10 years, you have heard the same songs at the end of a service almost every single week, every single service for the last 10 years. So much so you know it by heart. Go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. You see it? Take what you've learned and trust it to others. 
It's a weekly reminder of God's call on our lives to reach others. But why? Why? Why do I say that every week? Why is it important to cheer every week? A new pastor came to a new church, preached his first sermon. First sermon, they preached it. People absolutely loved it. It was very cool. Everybody said, wow, that's, that was really a great sermon. They told him after, after the service. They just shook his hand as they were on the way out. Said, great sermon, Pastor. Can't wait until next week. You're, you're a great preacher. Next week comes, everybody, the place is full. Preacher preaches really good sermons. Hear what he has to say today. He gets up and preaches the exact same sermon word for word. People thought, well, you know, it was a good sermon. It's good to hear it again. That's fine. You know, they left, shake his hands, said, good, good job. Third Sunday comes along. Pastor gets up, preaches the exact same sermon word for word again, three times in a row. By this time, people are kind of wondering, does he have another sermon? Is he absent-minded? You know, what's going on? So they, you know, they sort of leave kind of hesitantly going, well, good job, Pastor, and went on. Fourth Sunday comes. Pastor gets up, preaches the exact same sermon, word for word. By this time, there's some that are just, they're, they're, they, they get him after the, the service. They surround him. Pastor, what are you doing? For the last four Sundays, you've preached the same message. Why? Don't you have another sermon? Oh, I've got a bunch of sermons. Why aren't you preaching them? Why are you? Says, well, when you start doing the things that are said in that first sermon, we'll go on to the next. with you for 10 years. Same ending, uh, ending challenge every week. Is the message getting through? Do the people of Christ Church really reach out to others? Do they fully understand that somebody out there needs I guess the question is, what, what would happen if we took it seriously? What would happen if everybody here reached one person? What would happen if everyone in all the services at Christ Church today, here and over at Silvis, could reach one person? Yeah, we'd fill up the church. We'd probably have to build a new new building. Do we know anything about building new buildings? But even more important than that, folks, we still are not perfect. But our loving.
people know they need Jesus, it's a broken world. And they're looking in a lot of different places. And those are the people that we need to come alongside and entrust the message of Jesus Christ to. Because without him, they have no hope. This world is not going to be okay. Last fall, I had a vision Sunday message, and I quoted Helen Keller. And I'd like to do it again. She, she said, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but I still can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something I can do. Somebody out there needs it. Somebody out there may never hear about Jesus Christ unless you tell them. They need you. They'll hear it from you because of their relationship with Christ. I don't know if it happened, but I heard that when Jesus was born into the world, there was this heavenly host that came to the, with the, to, to see the shepherds and the, and the sing praises. And there was one younger angel that didn't quite get it, standing by an older angel and said, "Okay, now tell me again what's going on." And the older angel said, "Well, the, God's son Jesus is coming into the world. Why? Well, he's he's coming to be the way, the truth, and the life to the people." He's going he's gonna to grow up and live a perfect life and therefore be the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. And people that come to him will be able to, to uh, uh, go to heaven when they die and be with him forever. The little angel said, well, is he going to see everybody in the world? No. Well, how's that going to work? Well, He's going to he's going to have some followers. And those followers are going to be in the world after Jesus goes back up into heaven. Well, what what are the followers are supposed to do? Well, they're going to they're going to share about Jesus to the world. Well, what if they don't do that? After all, they're just human. What if they don't, what if they don't, what if they stop sharing? What if they don't share? What's God's next plan? The angel looked at the young angel and said, there is no other plan. There is no other plan. Christ says, I want to tell you, there is no other plan. People are going to know about Jesus Christ. You're God's application. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you.
that you sent Jesus into the world. And now you're sending us. Help us to understand that you are with us every step in the way. And that there's somebody out there that needs to hear about you. And they need to hear it from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, as the band is playing, I just want you to know that if you don't know Jesus, I'd like to invite you to come and see me afterwards. And let me introduce you to the best friend you'll ever know. The one that can help you through this broken and dying world. All right? Let's stand and sing. Let's all open ourselves and let God start a fire in each and every one of us. And as we go out today, let's spread that fire. Church, somebody out there needs 
you. Somebody going through with thee. There's somebody who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he has saved you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people of God shouted, Amen. Amen. Start a fire in my soul, fan of flame, make it grow, so there's no doubt or denying. Let it burn so brightly that everyone around can see that it's you, that it's you that we need. Start a fire in me. You were the fire, you were the flame, you were the light of the darkest day. Start a fire in me. You were the fire, you were the flame, you were the light of the darkest day. Start a fire in me. 